Welcome back to Consider It. We've got another question this week. Yep. Um, a seasonal question. Um, the question is, what is Lent, and why haven't I heard anyone talk about it at Redemption Bible Church? What is Lent? That's right. We are in the middle of that season, aren't we? That's right. Almost Easter. That's right. Easter's around the corner. Ash Wednesday's just a little bit in our rearview mirror, which is kind of the traditional time that kicks off this uh, observance yeah. and find its culmination there on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. And uh, yeah, so I guess we are in the midst of it, but they haven't heard us talk about it at Redemption. Did we miss it? Maybe we are kind of we're getting old, so we're kind of getting forgetful. <laughs> so some of us are like, "Oh yeah, my anniversary is coming up. I better not forget that." And uh, and things have we forgotten something uh, or neglected something important? Um, but I guess there's kind of two questions actually in here: is like, yeah. what is Lent, and then why don't we hear anything about it at uh, Redemption? So maybe we ought to take it in uh, both sections. There, what is Lent. You're fresh out of seminary. You've had some church history classes. Did uh, did they teach you what Lent was? Should we? Uh... Um, actually, there was not a lot of talk about Lent in uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Doesn't teach about Lent, or maybe they did, and I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to give them a bad name. They That's uh, right. they provided a, a wonderful education, but um, That's right. yeah, I think. Um, Lent is something that's been around for a really long time. Yep. Um, going back to the the Council of Nicaea in 325, yeah. um, one of the big gatherings of the you know, the church leaders at the time to come together and, and really hone in on theology, what their beliefs were, how they were mm-hmm. going to combat um, you know disbelief or you know concerns against the church sure. coming together and becoming uniformed yeah. and, and some theology and some philosophy of ministry and all these types of things. Yeah. So. so it's been around a long time. I mean, 325 B- BC, no, AD. AD yeah, Council yeah. of Nicaea is 325 AD. Um, so it's been around a long time, you know, not yeah. quite 2,000 years, but a long time. Um, and uh, really, I guess it's pr- basically more significant and more talked about in the more traditional uh, uh, denominations, if you will, in the Roman Catholic Church, Anglican, Orthodox churches, you know, they, uh, that that's really where you find, and maybe even like Methodist churches and some of those that are kind of offshoots of the more traditional churches maybe uh, uh, still continue with the practice of Lent in a, you know, in a same, similar way to like Advent is to Christmas. Yeah. You know, a season of preparation, a season of anticipation, uh, that culminates in kind of the big day. And so Lent, that kind of six-week um, season that leads up to, to Easter. And I guess really the, the focus is a time of repentance and preparation, yeah. right? Um, that uh, uh, leading up to what happened at the cross and and then and then afterwards as Jesus is resurrected, um, it's really a, a time uh, of reflection, of sobriety, and and has kind of taken shape in giving up something, right? right. Um, and I think in light of that, going back to Jesus' 40 days in the desert, yeah. being tempted, yeah. um, and so that time period is a reflection yeah. of, of that period of time and, and preparing our own hearts right. um, in right. the same manner. Right, 
Right. And so the more that you like look back at it, you know, and the Council of Nicaea is a great council. Lots of, you know, uh, kind of uh, stake in the ground theologies were decided uh, there. Uh, and, and you know, if this was whether it came out of that or after that time period or whatever, you know, it has some rich history to it. Like, you know, as you think about a call to uh, to repentance, you know, of of cutting things out of our life, preparing our minds and our bodies to even be thinking about, you know, what Christ did. Like that's There's some merit to that, right? Like we should be doing that like in an ongoing way, right? Um, we, that, that uh, the call to repentance, like that's, you know, that's part of the gospel, you yeah. know? And it's not just something that happens like one time, like, oh yeah, well, I repented and believed when I was saved, but you know, that, that was just like a one-time event in my past. You know, that, that two-cycle engine of the faith, of repentance and faith, are, are like daily yeah, things that keep going. Practice. Yeah, uh, we need to be repenting uh, always. Um, and yet there is a moment that that begins and all those things. And so it's, and it's, it's really interesting, too, because even at the, the Council of Nicaea, as they come together and kind of mm-hmm. formalize this, obviously the practice had been happening ahead of time. So they... They yep. took this this season of preparing your heart for baptism and you know for new converts. Yeah, um, the season of you know, preparing and, and understanding your faith, and then yep. um, you know the uh, for those who were were feeling challenged right. um, in their faith and feeling you know distant from the Lord. These were intentional times for sure. that they were practicing to prepare their hearts and to, to focus and fix their eyes back on Christ. Right. And so I think those things were happening beforehand for the Council of Nicaea to actually take those things and put them into a, yeah. you know, a, a format. If sure. You will, a, right. Standardize it and, and put it on the Christian calendar and, yeah. and things like that. Right. And then, because then the main observance or the main like practice then to do that is through fasting. Yeah. That's why so often you hear people, oh, what'd you give up for Lent? Yeah. Oh, I gave up beer. I gave up chocolate. I gave up Doritos. I gave up, you know, Facebook or whatever. Yeah, I, I gave up all these things. And so, in a way, that's great. Like, fasting is a biblical practice, right? Something that we should be doing, you know, to, like, clear our minds of distractions and dependencies and to focus in on Christ. To say that, hey, more than I need chocolate, uh, I need Christ, you know. More than I need whatever it is, I need Christ in my life. And, and I think we should be doing that that often like giving it up not as a way to like earn favor with God that's where we have to be careful Um, not as a means to like get what we want like hey God look at me I'm giving up so much now you have to give me this like no no we never twist God's arm uh, like that but uh, for our own hearts to give up something and to in, in backfill it then and, and replace it then with times of prayer and worship and uh, Bible intake and and uh, and of getting uh, closer to the Lord like that's those those are great practices yeah, yeah? Um, things that we should be doing. Um, and, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like and and maybe this is just a, a general statement that isn't accurate but in a lot of ways as we talk about oh what'd you give up it becomes more like a resolution right and so we we hear a lot of this conversation about oh i'm giving this up you know i'm it's more like a new year's resolution and i think it's really important to draw that distinction that that this isn't something that we're doing in our own willpower it's not it's not this idea of 
personal strength to to give something up. This is a time that we're giving something up in the power of the Lord to fix our eyes back on Him. Right. And so there's a a dangerous right um, line there right. that um, that needs to be walked in these seasons. That it's right. not about me. Right. Because you know the whole idea of Lent is recognizing our dependence on the Lord. Right. Right. At least that's where its origins, I think, right. come from. You know, and those that would, uh, you know, advocate for the practice of it. You know, those are those are noble things, and so absolutely, you know, we should. Um, but you know, and this maybe is jumping ahead to the to the next question: why we don't hear about it at redemption? You know, so often why it's not like something on our church calendar? You know, not what we're putting out there and promoting is because of some of the dangers in that. Yeah. You know. And so here's like, if somebody's practicing Lent or doing that, even though it's like, so it is a big deal in the more traditional uh, mainline denominations. It's more in the historic ones, like I said, Roman Catholicism, Anglican churches, Orthodox churches, Methodists, all that. We're going to hear more of that. Churches that really are swimming in a different stream than we are, you know. Um, and, uh, and, and yet it has, even in recent years, I think filtered over into, you know, more in our, if you want to use like broadly evangelical, even within Bible churches and things, cause there's, they are seeing the good parts of it. And like, no, these are, these are helpful, uh, intentional disciplines that we should be doing. Um, and I can respect that, yeah. you know, I'm going to say everybody who practices Lent is, is, uh, you know, giving way to works righteousness, right. no, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the cultural thing. I'd say the majority of people that are, at least that I've interacted with, you know, maybe your experience is different, is in that vein. And yet there are those that are uh, doing it with a heart before the Lord. It's tender. Um, and, uh, and, and doing this to really um, focus on the Lord and are repenting and are fasting. And, uh, um, but it, it's... But really, even for them, they're doing it more in secret. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not boasting about it. It's not, hey, I'm giving up this. And so, th- those that are doing it aren't making a big show of it and posting on social media about it. And yeah, <laughs> I, I think the the cultural aspect that you're referring to, uh, in a sense, there's a you know some some FOMO, fear of missing out. Sure. It's like, what's this yeah. Ash Wednesday? What's this Lindsay? Yeah. Oh, you're doing it. I'll do it. And there's yeah. not a a real strong understanding of right. what it actually means and it, it becomes dangerous because it, it's yeah. just a tradition of men right, right. It's, it's one of those things that right. people begin participating right for the wrong reasons, for sure, and it becomes that self-focus, right? right. And that's really where we just have to be discerning in it. Is uh, you, you know used a, an interesting phrase just now of a, a, a human tradition or a tradition of man, and that's where this is where a thing like Lent is different than you know the ordinances like communion or baptism. Those are clearly things that we're commanded to do to remember the, what Christ has done. And uh, uh, now Lent can, has its origins and kind of its, you know, uh, commemoration of uh, the 40 days of Christ in the wilderness and all those things. And so it does, but it's not commanded in the same way. And so even though things like that can have great motivations and great origins, where, where they can, and I think like with Lent, of what we've seen is over the generations that it has turned into more of a human tradition that has taken people captive, actually. Yeah. 
you know, we uh, just recently preached on this passage in, in Colossians 2. It says, therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, you know, you've received the gospel message. Here you have, you know who Christ is. He says, then so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That's to define our walk with the Lord in all, all the ways that it comes out in our obedience to the Lord. But then it comes with a warning. It's like, this is how you walk. And then there's like a warning, like, hey, there's some dangers out there. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And that's, that's where there's like a, a, where our discernment has to go off in here because something like this is a church tradition or a human tradition, and it can easily take us captive if it is not uh, 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 anchored in or rooted or built up if, it is, if the practice of it is not anchored in Christ. And unfortunately, like you were referring to, for so often it's anchored in our own self, our own human tradition. Oh, this is what I've always done. Oh, my church has said I have to do this, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fast and do these things, and uh, and and look at how awesome I am, or or look how miserable I am, because sometimes it's like. Uh, I'm so miserable. I gave I gave up coffee and and I just have this bad headache and I was like whoa 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 whoa. Yeah, and I, what you're saying there it takes me to Second uh, Corinthians twelve mm. um, nine. It yeah. says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." Yeah. And so I think just as we're talking about that, as we do these things in our, our own power and we yeah. oh, look how strong I am or, or whatnot, yeah. or even that false humility of, oh, look how weak I am, how poor right. I am. No, it's talking about resting in, in the strength of the Lord. And so, um, yeah. you know, when we focus on you know, any time that we're fasting, again, right. we have to be just yeah. in this season, you know, we should be thinking about these things. Right all the time and right. you know consistently in our in our faith and so it's right. it's recognizing that our strength comes from him right. that it's his grace that's sufficient right. right and again just to be clear like there are those that can observe lent and do that in a super humble yeah absolutely christ honoring way yeah. but to mandate it as like a a practice that every christian has to do you know that that you you have to practice Lent in order to be righteous before the Lord, and a failure to do it is sin. That's where we cross in the line. Yeah. That's where it begins to take us captive. That's where it begins to, uh, um, you know, where this is like, no, this is a tradition of the church, and you like if you don't participate in it, like, I don't, you, you, and you, you may not be walking with the Lord, yeah. you know, and that, that's where, that's that's where we get off. Off, 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 uh, off the rails. That's what I'm trying to say. Off the rails and away from Christ. And so, you know, like that's why we don't practice it here. That's why we don't promote it uh, this way. However, we're promoting repentance and walking with Christ every day. That's right. 
you know, that's that's really where because that's the two cycle engine of the church or of, of our walk with Christ. That's what we're constantly promoting, constantly talking about is, you know, we don't need to wait for, uh, you know, the, the springtime for the six weeks leading up to Easter to all of a sudden now start thinking about repentance and thinking about Christ and and uh, and being disciplined and intentional with our uh, with with, with uh, giving up things and worshiping and praying and all that. That's just the normal Christian life. You know, it's in, in kind of that same way of like, now some of y'all are going to hate on this, but <clears throat> just listen to what I'm saying for a second. It's like, we don't need Valentine's Day to express our love to our spouse. Right. You know, if there's only one day that you're telling your spouse you love them and are, and, and are lavishing, you know, gifts and chocolates or things on them. No, you don't have to do that every day. You know, you don't bring flowers home every single day. But, but especially in marriage, there shouldn't be a day goes by that your wife questions whether you love her or not, or your husband. You know, um, that, that, that this no, this is what we do. You know, like they. No, that doesn't mean we can't take a day to celebrate that and to be intentional about that. You know, uh, Valentine's Day and our anniversaries and things. And so that's not an excuse. If you're listening, this is not an excuse, guys, to you know just to ignore Valentine's Day. <laughs> But it is a, uh, a charge to be, uh, be expressing your love to your spouse more frequently. Yeah. And the same is true when it comes to Lent, is we don't need a holiday, a church tradition on the calendar to lead us to repentance. Right. This should be something just that is normal about our walk with the Lord because we're rooted, we're built up, we're established, we are bounding in thanksgiving uh, uh, because of who Christ is and what he's done in our life. And we recognize our depravity. And so when we come to a season like this, it's super excited. Even like to just like take it a step further with Easter, like we make a big deal about Easter. You know, is it is, you know, it, this is the pinnacle of Christian faith. This is like where our salvation happened, the event, the weekend, the, the events, really, yeah. that, uh, that won the victory for our salvation. And so we make a big deal about that. However, we don't just preach the gospel one Sunday a, a year. <laughs> you know? right. That should be happening not just every Sunday in our pulpits that Jesus died for our sins and has risen again. And, and uh, because he is alive, you can walk in newness of life, too. We, obviously, that should be happening every single Sunday, every single service. But, you know, as we're preaching the gospel in our lives, like that should be thoughts that occupy us and consume us and compel us to live every single day. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of equate it to discussion about you know, the end times mm. and, and Christ's mm. return. And it's yeah. like, oh, you know, the, the time's coming up. We, we need to start doing these things. It's like, no, like, I think specifically God has not given us that time yeah. because we're called to just walk out our obedience. We're called yeah. to do these things mm. regularly in our walk. And so it's, um, you know, as you were just talking, I was thinking about some of these discussions I've had with, with others based on, on those yeah. things. It's like, no, right. the Bible has given us yeah. the commands um, and the, the words to follow mm. to to walk out faithfully and humbly before the Lord. Yeah. Um, and specifically has not given us, you know, the time in which it's because we're just called to do it and be prepared, be ready all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so I think our philosophy in, in this kind of like leading up to Easter is that, no, we're, we should be doing this right. all the time. These are just right. normal 
um, aspects of a faithful Christian life. Right, right, right. And, you know, if it takes a holiday like that to kind of spur you on to those things, then praise God for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it's not the—it isn't the tradition— that should compel us to be living a faithful Christian life like this. Right. It's one, it's who God is, his character and his commands as revealed in his word that should be compelling us to live in such a way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really where we, you know, where we, where we walk on the straight and narrow, but where, you know, when, it, when it's, when it's founded and based and held together and motivated by traditional things, um, I think that's where we get in trouble, and not just with Lent, but in any you know sort of uh, uh, any sort of practice and and things. And so we gotta we gotta come back to the core and and allow that to then really motivate why we do it. And so that's what we've been about at Redemption and in everything. You know, just because this is the tradition of your church, as a tradition of your upbringing, isn't necessarily a good enough motivating factor for us to do something at you know as a as a church in order to promote something. Um, we got to see it in the scriptures, you know, and that's, that's, that's really what leads us, you know, through these things. And, you know, this, the, you see this kind of same thing, I'm just kind of add it here because it, it, it fits. It, this is the same kind of principle and, uh, and that, that, that leads and guides our, the way that we do communion here. Mm-hmm. And so communion, even in, you know, most churches is like tradition or calendar based. Mm-hmm. We do it on the first Sunday of the month or whatever, you know. Um, we do it once a quarter, you know, things like that's when they they'll do the Lord's Supper, or some do it every single Sunday, yeah. which uh, uh, it, you know, okay, um, that's not necessarily we were not given a specific time in the, the Bible. Jesus pretty as often as, as, as often as you do it, okay. Well, how often are you going to do it? As often as we do it, and so what the way that we've chosen to go about that is every time there's a clear reference to the cross or the atonement in the passage that's being preached that Sunday, we do communion. Sometimes that's super often, you know, multiple weeks in a row because we're just in a rich, uh, you know, section of scripture like that. Sometimes it's a little longer. Now you can get to the cross in every passage, you know, and things. So, um, but when it's just clear and explicit there, that that's when we do it in our service. And so, you know, averages, I don't know, every three, four, five, six weeks or so, it seems to be the norm when we're, uh, you know, just in our calendar, but it's not it, we're, we're Bible driven, you know, we're preaching through a book of the Bible. And, uh, and so every time there's a reference to that, that's when we, that's when, that's, that's when we include it in our worship service. And, uh, and that's been a great way to, you know, cause everybody's got traditions, everybody's got different preferences in that. And it's just like, well, let's just, let's just stay tethered to the word of God. And, uh, um, and that's been a pretty good way for us to do well, it. As you kind of explain that, one of the things that I've, I've learned to really appreciate in that is that it gives us opportunity to talk about it. Because when we, we do it this way and it's not according to yep. tradition or what people are used to, questions like this arise. Right. And it gives us that opportunity to disciple and to actually teach on the meaning of these things and right. what the Bible says about them so that we can right. do them to honor the Lord and it's right. not just something that we fall into. Right. Yeah, we want to come back to the scripture. We want to come back to the the motives uh, of what what's driving this and um, in any sort of traditional or historical thing, Lent just being one of one of many over church uh, uh, history that have been put in place for good reasons, you know. Um, it's been corrupted, you know, uh, in, in some 
some uh, streams, the practice of Lent, but that doesn't mean that everybody is, you know, and even some of the practices like the giving up of, or, of meat and only eating fish on certain things, like um, there's a whole history even with that. That's not necessarily great, but, um, you know, we just, we, we want to make sure that we're staying tethered to the Word of God. That's how we know we're, where we're right and true. And this is what Jesus even came to do. Yeah, I think this is just falling in line with the way uh, Christ came and, uh, and, and kind of turned things on its head. Not that we're Christ, not that, you know, but as we're seeking to follow Christ, they had all these traditions there. The Pharisees and the religious leaders of those days had all these like extra traditions built around the word of God. They had the law and, and which was great and, and guided them. But then they added all these extra layers and traditions in order to, to do things. And, and, uh, and, and it, all of a sudden it lost all of its meaning. Yeah. And it, it, all of a sudden it lost, it took the focus off of the Lord and onto their efforts. Yeah. And we're not unlike the Pharisees and the religious uh, folks of that day. We're so, uh, it, it's just so easy to yeah, do that. susceptible to those things. Right. And, and maybe being born out of good motives and things like yeah. that. But man, we can just add layers and layers and traditions and traditions around the meaning and all, and just lose it all together. Yeah. And, and taking our focus off of Christ and now becoming about us, you know, um, and, and we just want to be careful with that stuff. Um, and, uh, and so that's where we are. That's Lent. It's been around a long time. And, uh, uh, and that's where, why, where we are when it comes to practicing Lent here. So if you have more questions about it or what, just what does repentance and fasting look like? And how can you add that as a regular part of your, of, of your daily life? I would love to just talk about uh, what that looks like. And, uh, um, as you, uh, um, you know, give things up and add, but the important thing is backfilling it back in with uh, the good things of uh, focusing back on the Lord. And that's something you can even do today out over lunch as uh, you skip out on your lunch and say to the Lord, God, more than I need this food, I need you. And spend that same time in prayer and reading your Bible and you will be spiritually nourished um, beyond any sort of physical nourishment that uh, that food might give you.